are your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Shelby, are you? Are you? <laughs> Coming to the tree. <laughs> you know, I recently rewatched all of the Hunger Games, so I listened to Jennifer Lawrence sing that song, and I've got to say, you might be on par with her. <laughs> I had that song had one hundred percent fully left my mind, like it was gone and it would yeah. never have come back. <laughs> and then, as I was reading this book, it popped up, and I was like, "Oh." Yeah. There this was is. a memory that I forgot I had. <laughs> this song yeah. and Jennifer Lawrence singing it. And it was on the radio. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wild. Yeah, weird choice. Weird choice for sure. But I'm excited to talk about this. I'm I'm a Hunger Games a Hunger Games stan, I think. I mean, I am one of the rare people who actually loved the third book even. I like <sighs> the movies. So I think it's like this. I've always loved the Hunger Games, but I have to admit, when she announced a prequel, not into it. Yes. So we're talking about the ballad of songbirds and snakes. <laughs> a real just rolls yeah. right off your your tongue there. The prequel yeah. to the Hunger Games book. Yeah, I was also a Hunger Games fan. I um, I read the first book. I think like before, really, they were a big deal um my my one of my younger siblings was still in elementary school at that point so they were getting the like we were getting the scholastic book order still and so you know sometimes i would look Mm -hmm. through them Mm -hmm. and i remember the first hunger games book being on like the front page of one of them and thinking as a big like survivor reality tv fan like oh my gosh (laughs) kids killing each other on tv sign me up so i (laughs) So we ordered it and I read it and I think I read it through like three times back to back to back just because I was so like obsessed with it. And then, yeah, I read the second one when the third one came out. This was post, you know, all of those Harry Potter like midnight book launches. Mm -hmm. And so I, for some reason or another, stupidly thought, oh, well, every book has a midnight book launch like <laughs> you know they just all do so me and a couple of my friends who also like the hunger games went to the bookstore at midnight on the day the third one came out of course it was closed because <laughs> o- only for harry potter books do they open at midnight so then i had to go home and buy it on my kindle and start reading yeah. it that way because otherwise you know uh, what a whatever drag. yeah <laughs> but yes so okay well this is fun we're both hunger games fans this is exciting yeah. I mean, I remember reading the first one. So, I mean, I've always been a YA fan, but Hunger Games is really marked as sort of the refresh of YA as a serious um, genre and also just launching dozens of dystopia and post-apocalyptic fiction. And so Hunger Games is sort of this uh, kingpin of YA. And I read it, the first one, when I was in college and... um, Catching Fire had been out too, so I read those two in a row. And then the third one came out in 2010, and that one was definitely more panned for whatever reason. But you know what really helped me love it is I reread them all together, and I think they work a lot better when you have like a continuation instead of a year break in between to really mm-hmm. stew over it. Because I, what I really like about Suzanne Collins' world building here is that it's totally insane. And if you start to think about how the mechanics of it work as a society, you're sort of like, hmm, this doesn't line up. But it's just such a provocative idea. And it's sort of this gladiator world that she's 
built and she was sort of inspired by this idea of how we all watch Iraq war footage and um, then you also turn on reality shows and she just was drawn to this sort of disparity in how we consume entertainment and to then package that as a kid's book I just thought was so interesting and so good and so I'm definitely a big fan and I think what works so well with the Hunger Games is she has these really powerful themes about you know war and pain and PTSD and it's very interesting um rewatching because my sister was in town so we rewatched the entire I guess not a trilogy because there's technically four films to the three books and how timely some of these <laughs> messages about totalitarian governments and standing up for the right thing really felt so definitely a timeless story I feel like well, I think one thing that I didn't really know about Suzanne Collins, but sort of in preparing for this episode learned is that she, I think, is a very philosophical, studious person. So whereas like Twilight and Harry Potter and the Divergent books are coming from people who I think, I mean, are, are, are smart people, but are less like academically minded Mm -hmm. where the hunger games i think is coming from someone who is much more in that like sort of academic space um did you so did you like the movies when they came out were you i mean if you were such a fan of the books like did you think they did a good job did you not like them i definitely liked parts right like i think Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean especially at that age like i was just a lot more like they just messed this up like it's yes what a disaster but so i it's hard for me to remember like exactly how i felt but i did find this old email i sent to my little sister while she was on a a service trip so she'd missed the movie and i was just like catching fire just ruined everything good about the book (laughs) and now i actually really like catching fire the movie so it's i've matured you know (laughs) i honestly think i've been thinking about this more recently i think that the ideal way to watch like the movie and read the book is to read the book and then like a year later watch (laughs) the movie so it's like sort of foggy in your mind you can't remember all the details so you really like appreciate the movie i think that's the best way because if you watch it right after you read the book you (laughs) You, I think, nitpick it too much. Yeah. I remember not really particularly liking the first Hunger Games movie because the camera was so shaky. Do you remember? Mm, it's just like such a shaky cam. And I was like, what is going on? I think maybe that was the first movie that I had seen that was <laughs> shot in that format. Yeah. Um, but I remember loving Catching Fire, the movie, yeah. and thinking, like, this is a masterpiece. And then I actually never watched the the fourth movie. It, oh. I was like, why did I never see that? And I looked, and it came out the November that I moved to New York, where I was working three jobs at that point. Oh. Um, so I think I just, like, didn't see it. And then I was thinking about watching it for this, and I was like you know, I really hated that last book so much. Like, do I want to force myself to watch this? So I didn't. Yes. Yeah. So I think the criticism the last book gets is that it's like, well, honestly, I don't, I don't quite know. I think they just don't like how serious and like slow it is, I guess, is things I've heard or reread or that it's like too, I don't know. So what didn't you like about the finale? 
I feel like, first of all, there's just the fact that there's not a Hunger Games in it. So I think mm-hmm. that compared to the first two books, which where the s- structure is so well done of, like, we're building up to the games, then there's the full games. Like, the third one is just a completely different entity because you're not going into that. And she sort of tries to make a version of the Hunger Games with this, like, trek through the tunnels yeah. of the city, um, which is like, eh, okay, whatever. <laughs> but I think the main reason why I didn't like the third book is that it just felt like it was too rushed or she didn't really know like where it was going um that the first two books are so well constructed and then this third one feels like so much happens so quickly and you just have all these characters dying and it's just like a bunch of sort of weird different things. They get rid of President Snow. Oh, we got this new president. Oh, yeah. now she's bad. Oh, now the <laughs> sister gets killed. We're in these tunnels. There's just like a lot that's happening. And it felt very rushed to me when I read it. Mm. But granted, that was in 2010. And I have not gone back since. So, oh, wow. Interesting. So you were one and done with the trilogy and the movies. Well, I really liked the first two books. And so yeah. I watched, or I, I read both of those multiple times. Oh, really? And, <laughs> and you know, like pre the third one coming out. Yeah. And then I read the third one and I was sort of like, ugh, like she really just <laughs> didn't do a good job with this. And then with the movies, yeah, I think I've seen the first two a couple of times. And then I saw the third one once. And honestly, I thought that the third one was good and was sort of like, oh, maybe this was the move. For this series, because the third book has so much packed into it that maybe spreading it out over to two movies will make it better. But then I never watched the last one. <laughs> you so. never watched it. So That's I don't know. That's really funny. Yeah, I mean, so we just rewatched him. I really liked him. I think the first film is actually really, like, well done, especially in the world of, like, truly bad um, adaptations. <laughs> I think both these movies have a very strong, I mean, like, thematic look to them that really carries through and i guess i'd recommend the fourth movie just watch it at some point but yeah i i think going like in my hunger games love for the the universe i think um the books still remain like stronger to me but the movies I think do a really good job of of capturing some of that and Jennifer Lawrence is just she's very talented and it's fun to fun to watch her and remember you know where she started yeah the cast is very good in the Hunger Games movies and honestly like when you sort of look around to make your comparisons like I think Harry Potter the book series is better Mm -hmm. but the movies are so hit and miss. Mm-hmm. And then something like Twilight, it's like, ugh, <laughs> I think the books are better and the movies are yeah. better. And, and then Divergent, <laughs> The Virgin is, is wild to me because I saw that first movie having never read <laughs> the books and was so into it oh, really? that I was like, oh, gotta read these. Read them, hated the last one again. It's I think it's the same problem of like, yeah. she's sort of like over... The, the issue with any dystopian series that I think is really hard is that you have this huge society, but really in order to make the series 
feel like there's a conclusion. You somehow have to dismantle a society with like a single person, which I think is really like, that's just probably not feasible Mm -hmm. in real life. So you have to make that last book very strange in order to figure out a way to like completely change everything and be like, and the world's better now. Uh, So yeah, the last divergent book is terrible. And then (laughs) they completely sort of scrapped the last book. And for the final two Divergent movies, they were just going to be like a different story altogether. But then they only made the third one and then never got around to making the fourth one. So it's just like this unfinished movie series, which is so weird to me. Yeah, it is weird. I think um, there was a ebb and flow to people's interest in YA films. And I think that's what's interesting about Suzanne Collins coming out of the woodwork. It was sort of like, it was sort of like our messiah being like listen i'll come back and give the people what they want because she announced this prequel basically in tandem with the announcement that the movie would be made as well yes so it sort of regenerated interest in hunger games obviously and also just oh what is she gonna pull out because you know a lot of these ya writers tend to be sort of one hit wonders as far as world building goes so you don't always get a second <laughs> Hunger Games. So it wasn't surprising that she was deciding to stay in the Hunger Games universe. But she announced that it would be a prequel about the villain of Hunger Games, the President Snow. And it would take place decades before Hunger Games. So none of the same characters would really be in it. Um, and it was sort of immediately met with a pushback of like, wow, do we really need to elevate like villain stories now like you couldn't find something else to write about and like do we really want to just like get in snow's head and see how he became this monster but at the same time it's kind of like an expected move given how interested and how well um or origin stories have done as far as like maleficent to the joker so it's like it makes sense why she wanted to do that route but what were your first impressions well, I, before I even we can get to that, I was thinking: is has there is the Hunger Games really like the last YA series or book that's been successful and then has had a successful movie adaptation? I'm trying to think of like <laughs> what has those. happened since then. Yeah, um, I mean, as far as like dystopic, like that genre of like actiony YA, because of course you've had like The Fault in Our Stars or these sort of right. one-offs, like rom-com elemental YAs, but. I think the only other one that really got a movie chance was the Maze Runner series, which oh, I yeah, think I both of them too. kind of like fizzled. Like I ended up really liking the movies, but I only ever read the first book and the movies are definitely like <laughs> on a lower tier than the Hunger Games films. Like just, you know, they're sweet and they're very fun. And I actually really love the last one, but you don't have the same level of cast or direction or cinematography that you get in the Hunger Games. So I think those are really the only ones I can think of. I read the first two Maze Runner books and really liked them and then read the third one. And it's one of the rare books that I thought was so bad that I couldn't even finish it. (laughs) And then I never watched the movies. Um, But yeah, so I guess... (laughs) <laughs> I guess we're due for probably some new YA sensation then because we haven't had it. one in yes. a while. Yeah, it I'd be very into that. And it's it's hard to kind of picture one coming just because everything, like everything after Hunger Games was compared to Hunger Games. And it's like 
you're always finding people who are like, well, what's going to be the next big thing in YA? And I remember when I was working in publishing, there was this theory that mermaids were going to be the hot ticket. And like, (laughs) (laughs) and that never took off, thankfully. Well, I mean, I do feel like the key is that it has to be something that's just so different that you, that it's uncomparable. I mean, like when Harry Potter came out, it was unlike anything else. And then when Twilight came out, it was unlike anything else. And then when Hunger Games came out, you know, and I guess like maybe the the hate you give, I guess, has been a very, very successful book. Um, The movie, the movie, I guess, was I mean, I loved the movie, but I don't think it was as like huge i guess maybe as we thought it was gonna be but yeah yeah interesting well we're due so somebody get out there and write some new (laughs) y books but yeah going back to the prequel the new book from suzanne collins when she announced it i was sort of like okay here we go here's the cash grab because (laughs) with all of these other authors i feel like they finish the series and they say oh no this is like this is done. This is a complete series. And then, you know, you get down the road a little bit and it's like, well, but, you know, I'm running low on money and I know that this will do really well. And so they kind of pump something out. And I mean, we were just talking fairly recently about this new uh, Twilight book that's coming out. That's like a retelling of the first book from the from Edward's perspective. And and with some of the Harry Potter things, too, that have come out since then they don't necessarily feel like fully formed ideas. They feel more like somebody at a publishing company was like, Hey, you know, we'll give you $5 million if you write a new something. And so, because they know that people will buy it no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. So they just kind of like come up with something where, so I felt like that this was probably what that would be. I mean, in the original hunger games book, there's all these references to all of these old hunger games. And you feel Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I enjoyed the books enough that, you know, she could have written about any of the previous Hunger Games and I would have probably bought it and it would have been like an action-packed, you know, book. I mean, it's like people... I mean, I've watched 40 seasons of Survivor now, you know? Like, you can Mm -hmm. watch... The setup is just really interesting. So I sort of just assumed that the book would be a, you know, kind of like a short cash grab like here's a here's a hunger Games that one of the people from who's in the second book like was in so then when she announced that it was uh president snow i was sort of like well that's a weird concept and then yeah everyone was like is this really like do we need a villain story now i feel yeah. like there was a period in maybe like the earlier 2000s where like the anti-hero was very was very much a thing that people loved villains and i guess they sort of do still but it's like i think people like more of like maleficent is like well she's a villain but she's actually not a villain misunderstood yeah (laughs) yeah and i feel like with president snow there was no way that that was gonna be (laughs) happening so because he's just truly a terrible person so then it's like well is the like either the book is going to be like he's just bad all along or he's good and then becomes bad and both of those did not ap- sound that appealing to me going into yeah. it. So I guess yeah. I had low expectations. I know. I honestly would have skipped if it wasn't for this podcast. Like I felt no motivation to read it. I think, yeah, because I've been burned before and it's like, mm, these are never that good. And I'll just treasure my original trilogy or whatever. Um, so, I mean, here we are, though. 
<laughs> we both read it. It's uh, not a short cash grab. It's, what was it, 600 pages? <laughs> yeah, it's long. It is yeah. a long book. It showed up in the mail and I was like, oh, gosh. They also <laughs> sent me, I don't know, did you well, did you borrow from the library? How did you get it? Yeah, I read it on my Kindle. I bought the physical copy so I was like wow this is big but they also sent me this giant sticker that's like a decal (laughs) of the logo that's on the front of the book it's like I don't even like six inches across it's this huge circle I was like what it's like a car decal I I was like what like what am I supposed to do with this it's so big you know it's like I couldn't you can't put it on a laptop or something yeah. Like, I just don't know what the point of this sticker is, but now I just have it here. I guess you had to just so. put it on your wall or, like, a piece of furniture or I guess. Laptop. But also, it's, like, the, you know, the Hunger Games, like, pendant or whatever is a thing that's in the book. It's on the book cover. It's, like, a Ooh. movie prop. You could see someone, like, putting that on something or, like, getting a tattoo or whatever. And yeah. it's <laughs> sort of, like, signifying something. But the cover of this book isn't, like... It's just like something they made up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a symbol from the book. So yeah, I, no. it's like, I don't know what I'm <laughs> going to do with this sticker, but yeah. okay. No, I mean, just like surface level, I have big issues with the title, which is just so tongue twisty and and just forgettable in some strange way. Like, I literally never remember what it's called. Yes. I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, the Hunger Games prequel. And then, yeah, you have this like haphazard design that's meant to m- match like the Hunger Games covers but it's just a little bit okay we're we're doing this like we get it it's the hunger games we're all like let's get into it on on um goodreads it's labeled the hunger games number zero so it's like okay yes (laughs) honestly whatever (laughs) i'm surprised this is what they should have done for the marketing of this book which also, they announced that it was going to be about... Pre- I think that the book was technically announced sometime last summer. But yeah. it it really like didn't get much traction until this winter when they announced that it was going to be about President Snow. And yeah. then I feel like it came out like three months later with... Yes. It was so fast. I, there was no fanfare. And when I was telling people that I was reading the new Hunger Games book, they were like, I didn't even know there was a new Hunger Games book. So... <laughs> I think the marketing yeah. on this was bad, but what I don't understand is why why instead of using the like trying to fit this book cover into the previous set which all came out in the like over 10 years ago, why they didn't do a complete rebrand of the first three books that then this new one fits into. Mm. So then it's like they can sell new versions of the <laughs> old books, they can sell this new version, they can make a nice like you know, box set of them or whatever for people to buy at Christmas if they're big fans. And then also, why don't they just call this book Snow? That feels like a perfectly, (laughs) like, good title that's, like, quick and easy and whatever. Well, it's 100% because she wants this to be its own trilogy. Well, yeah. Like, it's not just a Do you think? Oh, uh, yes. I mean, even... Even not getting into how it's ended and like how she sets up sort of these Easter eggs that point to a new you know, life first snow or whatever. I think she definitely wants a little I bit I did not get that at to, all. To walk with. Oh, really? But that's interesting. Yes. I mean, we'll we'll have to all, discuss it's just this. the world we live in, right? Like, who does a I mean, truly, yeah. And she's clearly had a lot of thoughts that she wanted to share. And it seemed like even the 600 pages she was allotted was not enough for her. <laughs> 
And I think that, like you pointed out, the way it's been sort of secretly worked on, like she clearly was working on this for years. Like, you know, we worked in publishing. We know how it works. It wasn't it wasn't decided last year that this would happen. So I feel like there's other things currently in the works as well. And they're just hedging their bets to see how this goes. That is so fascinating because I finished this book. I mean, yeah, I guess we'll get into it when we get to the end. But I finished and was like, well, okay, well, that like that was a like that's all wrapped up. Never did I think, oh, there's going to be two more. But okay, well, we'll get into that. Is there I'm trying to look at my notes. Like, is there anything else that we should talk about before we get into the plot of the book? Because I feel like then we're going to get into spoilers. Yeah, I mean, just the main thing is you have The Hunger Games, which is all about Katniss Everdeen, who's put into the games, has to survive it, then becomes a sort of symbol for the resistance and the overthrowing of this tyrannical government. So it's all very driven on this idea of um, the little guy and, and what these things do to people, whereas this is set up immediately as... Um, from the perspective of someone in the capital, which is the more wealthy, wealthy center of, of the country, except he also happens to be poor. And so it was sort of weird having to adjust in your like <laughs> reading that like, okay, this is going to be a totally different vibe, totally different themes, totally different story characters, whatever, to the Hunger Games. So I think anyone who's listening, who's trying to get a vibe for what to expect, like, that's helpful to remember. Like, it's just a different world. And I had to keep telling myself that. And I had to be like, okay, it's fine. It's not Katniss. We don't have any of the fun characters like Effie or Haymitch. Like, this is just a different world. And I think you have to acknowledge that she's trying something new here. <laughs> yes. The tone is a lot... I mean, the tone of the originals is dark, but this is definitely darker. It's less, like, triumphant, more descent into yeah. madness. And... <laughs> I think um, it sort of reminds me a little bit of like with the Star Wars series, how they have, well, I mean, I guess Star Wars is all sort of similar, but how with like Solo and well, Solo mm. and Rogue One, it's like <laughs> they sort of like are doing things that are far flung from the original yeah movies so it's like different cast different this isn't i mean there's a couple parts in the book that are sort of like wink wink nudge nudge uh, references (laughs) to the original series but for the most part this isn't like the harry potter newt scamander movie series where like Mm -hmm. all of us where there's all of these characters from the book that keep like popping up and oh we're Mm -hmm. back at hogwarts like this is a other than president snow this is a completely separate Mm-hmm. Uh, entity and even President Snow is so far from what he is in the original series that it's I mean because in the original series he's like a 80 year old like yeah. rich president who's like running Dictator. everything yeah <laughs> yeah and in this book he's what like a 17 year old uh, yeah. high school student who's like trying to figure out what's going on with his life so yeah it's a very different <laughs> vibes but I guess one other thing to talk about before we get into the book is that they so they already announced the TV or the movie version of this. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at who's in charge of it. And the director is Francis Lawrence, who directed the last three Hunger Games books and yeah. all or movies and also read Sparrow, which didn't do well. But 
you know uh so he's like has a good track record but i thought it was interesting that the person who they have writing the script is michael arndt who is like a big pixar person and did work on catching fire but also worked on a ton of pixar movies and then also worked or wrote part of the script for the force awakens the star wars Mm -hmm. uh seventh movie so i was sort of like this is an interesting choice because this is not like a pixar little miss sunshine (laughs) you know type book this is much darker than anything else that's like currently on his yeah well resume streamline it make it a little bit more fun you know maybe they realized (laughs) (laughs) there was room for improvement i don't know suzanne might not like that she (laughs) seems to have very particular thoughts and feelings about this book yeah well let's get into the plot and if anyone i mean there will be spoilers. So if you care, then go read the book and come back and listen. But if you're just looking for our uh, thoughts on how this novel played out, then um, you're in the right spot. <laughs> yes. So this is that 64 years before the original Hunger Games mm-hmm. series. That starts with the 74th Hunger Games. This mm-hmm. is the 10th Hunger Games. And President Snow is now Coria- Coriolanus. Coriolanus. I I just skip over it when I read it. (laughs) Yeah, everyone. The names, the names in this book. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Don't even get me started. I mean, one, we have all of the usual Greek and Roman names that they're going to, you know, throw at us. (laughs) But then also, uh, there's this group of like poets who all have names that are like weird with a color attack. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. I can't even. There's a character named Billy Tope, and that's his first name, not. His like <laughs> then he has a third name after that, yeah. um. But so it's set ten years or sixty four years before at the tenth Hunger Games. Coriolanus Snow is a high school student, and the Hunger Games are still like sort of new and a fledgling enterprise at this point. Mm-hmm. And so they have they're still trying to figure out what the games are actually going to be. And this year they're trying something where they're pairing every mentor with a high school or every um tribute every person who's going to be going into the hunger games with a mentor from the capital who's a high school student which seems like a weird choice yeah uh to do but you know it's a way into the novel <laughs> so i think that's how that came about yeah i mean yes it was like honestly so i mean first impressions let's just get it out of the way i did not okay. like this novel that much i didn't I didn't. I definitely didn't love it, and I was honestly bored by eighty percent of it. I think it was too long. I think it was overstuffed and a little bit self-important, and honestly, too meandering for a conclusion that was a little bit. I mean, of a letdown to begin with. Um. So <laughs> that's where I'm coming from. But what was your relationship to this novel? Well, I think I went into it with such low expectations or expectations that it was going to be sort of this like frivolous, like quickly written Mm -hmm. puff piece Mm -hmm. that I was sort of taken with the largesse and impressiveness (laughs) and just like... We know how you feel about length over... (laughs) I mean, but not even length of just like that this was... There was a lot more thought that was put into this than I thought there was going to be and one thing that i liked from the jump um which i think again goes to speak to like suzanne collins world building abilities 
that as like a big reality TV show fan, you know, you watch like seasons of The Amazing Race or seasons of of Survivor. And then you go back and you watch like the older seasons, you know, seasons one, two and three. And everything is just... Like it's not as polished. The you can you know you can see cameramen in shots. Yeah. Like the props aren't working. You can just tell that they're really working things out in those early seasons. Like I remember in the first season of Survivor, it's like they're writing their they're writing down the votes on these pieces of paper and like the paper is so flimsy that that it's like falling apart. You can't even really see it. It's raining. Everything's wet. The person goes to put their torch in the hole and like the (laughs) hole is way too low. So the torch goes like all the way down into the ground before they can snap it out. Like just all kinds of weird glitches like that. And then you go and you watch a new season and it's like so put together and it's almost it's almost like not as enjoyable in some ways just because everything is so polished and you kind of like the frenziedness of the earlier stuff. So I think that it could have been really easy for Suzanne Collins to just write this as a Hunger Games that was similar to what happened in the other Hunger Games. You know, we are given this structure of like, okay, they're going to get on this train and then they're going to go to this training facility. We have these interviews. You know, there's a stylist, all of these things from the original series. And in this series, she really does a good job of being like, no, this is only the 10th Hunger Games. They wouldn't have anything ironed out yet. It would still sort of be messy and there would be things that they didn't know what was like how to how it worked so i like that the hunger games instead of being this whole huge um you know extravaganza is like oh they're just taking this old like sports stadium they put the the tributes in there and they sort of say like have at it and they don't really have like they don't have stylists they don't have um you know all of the value right yes yeah it's so i liked kill camp yeah so I liked that it was sort of like a different version of the Hunger Games mm-hmm. that felt really authentic to me in that it was, I think this would have actually been like how they started. And then as the years progressed, they'd be like, oh, and we should add this and we should add this. So yeah. I don't know. No, I, I, like I liked that. it more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I think you touched on something important that Suzanne Collins is a really, she has clever ideas. And I think that is sort of the the core of this novel is very interesting. This idea of how did they go from a war-torn country to having this hugely like glamorized murder show. (laughs) And that's a question you have reading Hunger Games. Like why on earth would this work? Why would they go along with this? Whose idea was this? And so a lot of those questions are answered through the novel. But I think my problem with the novel is one, it's just like, it's just so long and like there's a lot of details and like and not even like necessary details there's just meandering through conversations and classes and thoughts and experiences and oh we're talking about lima beans and cabbage soup again and it's just like there's a lot going on when there's actually something very interesting that could have captured us right away and I think that's what I was trying to sort out is what she was trying to do because the book is broken up into three parts and the first part is sort of your introduction to snow how he gets involved uh in this academy to like um mentor the tributes and how they're sort of asked to kind of fancy up the games and like make them more fun for people and then the middle part is the actual games itself and it sort of follows snow as he's now attached to his tribute lucy gray from district 12 and he's like 
he's hoping to root for her, but at the same time, it is the most dull Hunger Games in the history of this universe, I think. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't know how to describe how uninterested I was in the games itself. And then the third part is after the games, Snow is sort of forced out of the academy in shame and becomes a peacekeeper in District 12. And so that's where he's like suddenly shipped off to this life of, you know, a, a, a lack of status and class that he was hoping for in the capital. And instead he's now like, oh, well, I'm here in District 12. Like, what am I supposed to do? Do I fall in love with Lucy? <laughs> Lucy Gray Baird, the singer who won't stop singing these mother effing yes. long songs <laughs> peppering these chapters? Or do I fight for some sort of way back into the capital? And so clearly the uh, the through line is snow. And, and it's not it's not first person. It's third person omniscient, so you get a lot of his thoughts, but you're still like kind of at a, you're removed from him a little bit. Um, and I just found him kind of, I don't know, like it wasn't that he was, it was like I either wanted him to be so someone you can totally hate. And so you're kind of like hate reading his thoughts and his choices. And you're like, how could he do this? Or someone more sympathetic, I guess, or just someone more interesting where you're like, oh, wow, this is such a what a painful choice but it always felt like he was just sort of like I don't know like he was just so disinteresting to me it was just like he just went along with whatever and things would happen and he'd just roll with it and he's just his whole thing was like oh I don't want to be poor see I this is going to sound terrible but (laughs) I really liked him as a character I think mostly because I felt like I related to him a lot um I felt like his, like, not maybe necessarily his worldview, but his, like, the way he handled situations was mm-hmm. similar to the way that I would handle situations mm-hmm. in that, I mean, this is getting too much in my psychology, probably, <laughs> but, like, you know, like, I am someone who's not a super emotional person, and so is sort of, like, I think confused sometimes about when other people are overly emotional about things, and I'm, like, yeah. looking at them more rationally. So I can see myself being put in this situation and sort of being like, okay, well, we gotta do stuff, and how can I, like, better myself and, like, get this tribute through it, and then have all of these other people around me being very... uh you know, wrapped up in sort of the emotion of it all and being like, well, but you know, we just like, they're killing each other, but we got to get through it. So I could, so I don't know. I, I think I liked him more as a character just because I found him relatable, even though he's not that interesting. And I think that, Hmm. you know, there's some, yeah, there's some characters in books that it's like you either, if, if you can connect with them, you really mm. like them. But then if you can't, you're like, what is this person doing? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't think that's a controversial statement. I saw that in a lot of reviews was that Snow is a more relatable character in this book, at least, um, than Katniss is because Katniss is so, yes. like, perfect in some ways. Um, but my issue with him is is that it sort of felt like I didn't trust that, Su- that Col- Suzanne Collins had, like, a a good understanding it almost felt like his mood would change according to what the plot needed like sometimes he was like I don't care about anything but saving the snow name and getting getting up in the world and then other times he suddenly decided he had feelings for Lucy Gray 
spared, but I never felt like those were earned. So I never trusted it. And then I was like, is he playing a game or is he just sort of a victim to these other people's choices? And I just wanted more, I don't know, decisiveness to the characterization. I think that I think his main motivation the whole time is sort of like a self-preservation and Mm -hmm. not even just the self-preservation, but like he really cares what other people think about him. Mm -hmm. So when he thinks that his relationship with Lucy is like going to contribute into that, then he likes it. I mean, I think part of the reason why he sort of falls in love with her throughout the book is because she is because the the capital and the people around him really like her as a tribute. Yeah. She's like a popular tribute. And so he is also kind of taken with her. And then later in the book, when he realizes that if he sticks with her, he's going to have to sort of live this miserable life out in the woods that he's like, okay, never mind. I'm sort of done with this. Um, but I, I mean, the my main concern or main problem with the book, which I think contributes to this length of it, is just that I think she, Suzanne Collins gets bogged down in the weird like details of tradition and the mm-hmm. system too much. I mean, this mm-hmm. happens even a little bit in the Hunger Games where she's having to dis- she's explaining all of these like metrics and traditions and okay everybody goes through training and on this day of training we do this and then there's a rating system and there you go into the ring this way and they're all interviewed in order and it's the boy and it's the girl and in this because you have all 24 of the tributes and then also all 24 of these high school mentors that are connected to the tributes there's just so many characters that you have to get through in the first two sections of the book between like the pre hunger Games section and then the actual hunger games Mm -hmm. there's just so many characters but because it's the hunger games you have to kill them all off (laughs) all of these tributes and she doesn't want to just um she clearly doesn't want to just like kill off a whole bunch of them in a swath like she wants to make it interesting how they each are dispatched with and so it's just a long process of like introducing these random schoolmates only to have their tributes get killed so that then they can get pushed off the story so there's just and and multiple times through the book which i i think i mean i'm sure the publisher was like we need this for the readers there's lists of all of the tributes with their (laughs) mentors and then the and then the men or the tributes that are dead with them their names crossed off and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah you as a reader need that um I mean, it's sort of even confusing in the Hunger Games, but in the Hunger Games, there's only 24 people to keep track of, and she does kill off a bunch of them right away, where in this, it's just like, yeah, if there was space for things to get cleared up, I feel like she could have probably cut 100 pages in the early goings by just having a bunch of the tributes, like, murder each other right away in the Hunger Games. Yeah, or even just, like... She tries to give these characters character and it just doesn't pay off because they only last a few pages. So it's just like, don't, I don't care at all about any of these people. Like, honestly, I don't. And she spends so much time talking about him. And then in the third section of the book, uh, (laughs) so Lucy Gray is a singer. She's part of this like traveling sort of like gypsy band kind of, I guess. Um, And... So they they're out in District Twelve, and she, once she wins the Hunger Games and um, 
Coriolanus is sent out to District 12 to be a policeman because he, or like a soldier, because he cheats in the Hunger Games. So he mm-hmm. helps her win, but he cheats. So she goes to District, she goes back to District 12, which is her home. He goes to District 12 because he has to. Um, and she reconnects with this like band of minstrels that she lives with. And so Stupid. then again, we get introduced to all of these <sighs> singers and their roles and what they do in the band. And it's just like, no, this is too much. We don't need all of these people. This is like too many characters and none of them are really serving any point. But like you said, she can't just be like, and the rest of the singers, she has to try <laughs> to give them all like some kind of character trait. Yeah. And it's just too much. Like it, it just... You just kind of like breeze through it and you don't remember, okay, who's on the drums, who's on the jug, who plays the violin, (laughs) like it it doesn't matter. It's all too much. Like I, I'm sure it's just one of those situations where you have a hugely successful author. So why are you going to like edit them too closely? Right. Um, But this needed like a good, a good, clean, swift cut of a few different things because you're constantly introduced to characters and those characters only exist to like further a plot that doesn't really need them in the first place like you're introduced to his roommates and it's like you don't need to check in with them all the time but it's constantly like oh they were still asleep after a night out in the town (laughs) it's just like I don't care but with the Lucy Gray of it all I I really need to talk about this because I was very confused by this romance I love Katniss and Peta. I am like a Peta yes. stan for days. I think they have mm-hmm. such an interesting and well-written relationship that you really like believe everything that happens between them. And so suddenly I did not see this romance angle coming and it happens very suddenly where she like I don't even remember. It's like he gets jealous about a song or something. And then she's like, no, you're the only one in my heart. And I'm like, what? So I kept waiting for Lucy Gray to be some sort of mastermind genius who knew she had to play him to win the game. And so I was waiting for this like moment where she would have like a strong character arc. But really, she just exists as a sort of like almost manic pixie dream girl style character who who's kind of there to make snow question like his morality and like what he wants in life but she really offers nothing as far as like character or personality or choices and the ending really frustrated me too but like how did you feel about this romance and was it necessary did it add anything did it feel believable to you well i felt from the jump that there was like before she was even introduced, like from the first 20 pages of the book, I was like, okay, we have President Snow now or Coriolanus, who is a boy who is like seems to be right. good for, you know, all manners and that we're going to get eventually to the Hunger Games where he's this terrible person. So like this is obviously an origin story of like, how does he get here? It's an Anakin mm-hmm. Skywalker kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that he was going to be paired with a tribute, I was like, okay, what this book is, is he falls in love with the tribute and then the tribute dies. And then that's why he turns into a mm-hmm. bad person, mm-hmm. sort of like a Padme situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so the book doesn't exactly follow that arc. Um, <laughs> but I kind of like had a general idea that they were 
going or that he was going to fall in love with her just mm-hmm. for the plot. So I right. guess I I wasn't startled by it. But yeah, it does it does sort of feel a little half baked because you're like why would he why would he be attracted to her really and also yeah. why would she be attracted to him? There's not like really a reason why they would be. Mm-hmm. Like the thing with Peta and Katniss is like there's like he's liked her for forever and then he does so many good things for her in the book mm-hmm. that you can see why she would fall in love with him where this yeah there really wasn't ever that dynamic it was just sort of like yeah. oh and and then they fell in love like there wasn't any reason really why i don't know yeah. so yeah their chemistry it, was sort of lacking yeah and i didn't know if it was intentional because he does sort of have this sociopath element to him yes. sometimes where he doesn't yeah. mm-hmm. seem to feel very human emotions so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, why is he falling for this when there's like literally no reason to, except that you make that point that the capital loved her. So I guess I could see like why that was attractive to him. But I I mean, and then you have the issue of like their power dynamic and just how yes. putting that is. So yeah. I always expected, you know, I trusted Suzanne Collins to like write a strong female character, but she really didn't because the third part of the book like this district 12 thing it's just she immediately like loves him and she's just like oh like you murdered someone sorry you had to do you had to do which i get because she had to murder people because she was in the games too but it just becomes more and more outrageous what she's willing to go along with and it just feels like i have no idea who this girl is and she only exists to to further the plot through these horrible songs that i just skipped over with such glee oh yeah the songs were terrible so bad i don't know who has told her that it what hunger games was missing was more music (laughs) but she tried there is a lot in this that feels like okay she was taking an element from the original series and sort of like tweaking it to Mm -hmm. fit the book um (laughs) yeah so you could see, yeah, and there are songs <laughs> in the original, which, you know, were then turned into hit songs from the movie. <laughs> so I'm sure that she and, you know, the whistle thing, which is now yeah. sort of iconic. Yeah. So you can see her trying to recreate a moment in this with yeah. some of these songs, but there's just too many of them. Oh, it's insane. And it like, uh, and w- like... One of the, which again with Katniss, like one of the things that people like about her is because she sings or whatever. And so that's what Lucy Gray does also in this book. And it's Mm -hmm. like any time that she needs something, it's like, oh, she sings. And then everybody's (laughs) like very blown away by it. But yeah, we definitely did not need it as much. Or or we could have just said, and she sung a song. We didn't need to have like the full (laughs) lyric sheet. Yeah, it's like every... Every time she sings, you have to read the lyrics. And these lyrics are not good. Like, it's like, I don't know why authors keep doing this, where they think they're poets or they think they're songwriters, too. So they throw them in there. Um, There's truly, like, nothing worse than when someone in a book is like supposedly a good poet (laughs) and then you actually read the poems and it's like oh gosh this is bad i feel like there the only time that this has ever worked was is in that book possession and that (laughs) won tons of awards because like people were actually were like oh my gosh this actually works like she's talking about good poems and they're actually good poems and that was the only time it worked (laughs) in history and no one should try it again yeah like please just don't um but i think one of the other through lines in this long series is this idea that 
Snow's worst tendencies are sort of being drawn out by the evil game maker, Dr. Gall. Um, yes. Who is sort of like this, you know, you can see that she's going to be the mastermind of these crazy mutts and like weird psychological games that end up in the later mm-hmm. Hunger Games, the more polished like torture things. So there's a lot going on there. And it it felt, again, just sort of convenient the way this relationship happened. And he's like, she's like, oh, write this paper, like really dig into this. And then you're gifted like 20 pages of snow thinking about like, oh, what was I asked to write about? And like, what do I think about this? And so it just felt well, like sort of an excuse for. <laughs> did I'm sure you didn't. But did you read the like Q&A at the back of the book? Oh, no. I didn't I'm assuming it. it came in with yours. I'm yeah. Not, so yeah, I missed that. It, in the back of my copy, at least, there's like a and a with Suzanne Collins and the editor of the mm, book. And <laughs> she basically is like breaking down these uh, phil- philosophies that she's trying to talk about. And I mean, this is all sort of boring, but she's basically uh, the reason why she wanted to write this book is because she wanted to write a book about the state of nature debate, which is like, (laughs) what, like, what is humans actual nature? And then how, and then like, why are certain government forms needed because of that, Mm -hmm. which is sort of snoozy. And it like, there's these three philosophers, and basically, their viewpoints line up with the three main characters of the book who are Coriolanus, Lucy Gray, and then this friend, Sejanus, who we haven't really talked about, but is another big character in the book. And so I think that part of the reason behind all of these sort of like philosophical moments and Dr. Gull's like homework assignments where she, he has to like write about chaos and different things <laughs> is to really like nail these right. uh, philo- philosophical viewpoints that Suzanne Collins is trying to get to, which I think in some ways is kind of, I don't know, I guess sort of interesting, but also it's weird to have them in like a YA novel. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm all for like, I, I mean, that's why The Hunger Games works, is she introduces a lot of these complex ideas and philosophies, but The Hunger Games has a lot more action and a lot more, I think, stronger characters that stand out, whereas this is almost like philosophy first, action second. And so yeah. it's just more difficult to really invest in it because it feels so like... You know, it's not circumstantial that we're talking about this. It has nothing to do with the plot, except that Suzanne Collins wanted to talk about it. And so I totally respect this idea. And like, it was interesting when he he's sort of forced into the games in this secret moment and he has to kill one of the tributes. And he he's like, wow, I was so willing to murder someone. Like, what does that say about human nature? And I think Mm -hmm. those sort of details are interesting, but it's sort of lost in this muddled plot and this meandering like Easter egg hunt for President Snow's future personality. Like, I mean, the most obvious one to me is just how obsessed he was with the Mockingjays. Like, it's just the most unsubtle nod to the Hunger Games and like how much he hated Katniss the Mockingjay. And so here in the book, Suzanne Collins dedicates like, pages and pages about how little snow likes these birds and i was like if you want a book that's all about the inner workings of the human mind like dedicate yourself to that and like lose all this frivolous nonsense because i just cannot sort through it anymore 
Yeah, you definitely... It's always tricky with these sort of origin story type things because you have to get someone from like point A to point Z. (laughs) And it's like, well, how do you do that convincingly? But then also sort of like make it interesting at the same time. And I feel like it does... I feel like his transformation works. Like when you get to the point at the end, I feel like, and he goes back to the Capitol mm-hmm. and sort of, I I could see why he would do that. And then like why he would sort of like move on to this path mm-hmm. towards the final, um, to the final, like right. to the actual Hunger Games. But yeah, there were definitely dull parts in it. But I, I want to talk about the ending yeah. and how you were saying that you think this sets up a new, <laughs> yeah. like that there will be two more books yeah. after this. So can you just tell me like why you think that? Well, and I want to talk to you about the ending too, because you in your review said that, and a lot of people said this, was that it suddenly picked up at the end and you just wanted a little bit more at the end. And yes. I'm curious about this because it sort of ends sort of anticlimactically in my mind because... The idea is he thinks he's going to be like imprisoned because he was tangentially created, um, connected to this um, plot to escape the um, districts and live a life. And he ends up killing. So whatever, blah, blah, blah. So he's like paranoid that he can't ever go back to Capitol and he's ruined forever. So what will he do? He'll just run off with Lucy Gray. But then miraculously, he is offered a position back at as an officer, so a little higher up in the ranks and maybe with more opportunities to save his name. And so he has this like decision, but he he still chooses to follow Lucy Gray because he thinks that there's no way he won't be caught for this crime. And then suddenly, in this totally <laughs> random about face, in my mind, he finds the proof of his crime, his fingerprints on this gun. He finds the gun. And he realizes like, oh, now I can go, I can destroy this gun. They won't ever be able to find me and I'll go back and become an officer and, and rue the day I ever worked at District 12. And that suddenly triggers like the sociopathic mind where he realizes he has to maybe kill Lucy Gray because she's a, she's a loose thread and like has to be tied up. But then it turns out Lucy Gray had somehow found out he was more nefarious than he'd presented to her and so she goes on the run and there's this weird like non-fight in the rain where he's trying to hunt her to literally murder her I think and she sort of tricks him into getting bitten by a snake because she's like the snake whisperer (laughs) but then she disappears and he just decides okay well I'm just going back and then it ends with him going to the capital and and being uh, sort of adopted by Dr. Gall and and he gets his name back and blah blah blah. Happy ending. What was well, happening? I think it's there? like I thought I thought it was more nuanced than that where okay. he yeah, he the reason why he feels like he has to go with her to begin with. I mean, one he's like in love with her but uh, supposedly, mm-hmm. but I think mainly it's cuz he he realizes or he thinks that he has no other options. Yeah. And then when he realizes that the capital is back on the table, he's like, "Oh, I need to, um, like, maybe I don't actually want to live this life on the run without any luxuries. Like, maybe that's not what I want for me. So he goes into the woods to try to, like, sort of find her and 
and I, I think talk through kind of the situation, but then he finds her scarf in the woods that has this snake underneath it that sort of like tries to bite him or does bite him. I can't remember exactly. But so then there, then there's the question in his mind of like, did she, did she realize that he was going to leave and try to kill him first? So I found the ending to be kind of ambivalent. And then, and then he like thinks that he sort of sees her and shoots off into the woods, but then can't find anything later. So he doesn't know if he killed her or if he didn't kill her, but he just has to leave anyways because he has to go back to this officer training thing. So I kind of liked the ending because it felt like, well, maybe things went wrong, but like there wasn't any real reason for it other than I think that his mind just kind of like wanted them to so Mm -hmm. that he could come up with an excuse for himself to go back so he was I mean like did she actually plant that snake probably not but he was looking for a reason to be like yes she she, like she's against me I have to kill her and go back because he couldn't really validate like murdering her and going back so where do you think she went in the rain if she didn't intentionally run away and find out realize he was bad or do you think she realized that and just walked away? Well, didn't she? I mean, she I, said she I was don't go rem- find the potatoes and he's yeah. like, but they're not grown yet. And she's like, well, I'm just going to go double check. And then he finds the gun and he's like, wow, did she, did she just leave me? Yeah. Like, did she, she know I killed Sejanus? And then, and then he starts this doubt and then it was very confusing to me, which is why I'm asking. I don't know if there's a right answer, but yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know why she yeah. left. I I think that like most likely she just went for a walk or something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then I mean she's sort of a weird <laughs> person. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's not that surprising. No, but this gets to my point about why I think there's a sequel is because I think okay. if Suzanne Collins was done with Snow that she would have ended on a more like frightful like see this is the monster who is always there moment. Like I think he would have either been shown to be very paranoid and sort of had that, I guess, like you pointed out, that Anakin moment where he chokes her out thinking like she had betrayed him and that this is his only option. Uh It turns out it was wrong. And like, I thought he would really literally kill her or Sejanus or something like that, where he would have to show his hand that he was willing to sacrifice everyone to save himself. But instead, he Mm -hmm. just sort of like, oh, I guess I'll just go back to the train and never think of her again. And the fact that you don't know what happens to Lucy Gray is a telltale sign that there's more to say about that. And so it felt like a setup in a way where you still had more room for Snow to fall. Like he still hasn't reached peak evil yet. And so to me, it seemed like she was sort of leaving a few cards on the table so that she could... Or I guess the, the metaphor would be holding a few cards in her hand so that she could write a sequel that kind of explores his further descent into madness. Because this was basically, I mean, he's not that evil at the end of this book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not. But when he does go, it's like he goes back to the capital, even though he's, for all intents and purposes, like gotten Sejanus killed he like sort of lies to the family and gets Mm -hmm. written into the will as the heir because they're really rich and he needs money he's now working with Dr. Gull who's in charge of all of these who is in charge of the Hunger Games I feel like it's it's very easy to connect the dots now between who he is at the end of this book and who he is in the Hunger Games and I don't know 
what another book would look like where he would then be so he'd be unlikable the whole time it wouldn't be like this where he's you know fairly Mm likable for the most part and then also i mean i guess like yeah you could do another book that's like the 11th hunger games or whatever and have that going on Mm -hmm. but i don't know how he would necessarily be in contact with lucy gray in any like meaningful way if she's still out in district 12 um so I guess maybe she could do another book sort of from like Lucy Gray's perspective. And maybe that was the way that she could sort of like tie this up more. Um, but I think that part of the reason why Lucy Gray just sort of disappears and why we don't hear more from her is because there's this open endedness of like, is she Katniss's grandmother possibly? <laughs> what? Is did that you a not theory? yes oh, that's a big theory i heard because Maud she's might be related to katniss but i well, haven't heard I, of lucy gray i heard like i think it's either i think it's either way because they mm. talk about katniss which is i guess some kind of plant which i didn't yeah. know that uh, i don't know if that's real or if it's a or if it's a hunger games plant but um yeah but so they talk about lucy gray and then her sister Maud whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know some color um uh, no this theory doesn't make sense because in hunger games she mentions like oh there was one other winner from district 12 but wouldn't she know if it was her freaking grandma like it isn't centuries ago it's just like a generation ago well but like does she know who her grandma is i think Mm -hmm. is the question yeah i guess i don't know Like, could Lucy Gray have, you know, like, have right. a child and leave it somewhere uh, or, you know, whatever? Yeah, yeah. I don't mm, know. That's the theory, anyways. There's just, like, enough ties yeah. to things that relate to Katniss. It's, like, the songs that they're singing are yeah. songs that Katniss knows. But in the book, they talk about how, like, one of the songs gets outlawed. Is it, like, the Hanging Tree yeah. song? Is like out so. like they're like they're not allowed to sing it anymore. But yeah. then Katniss know, knows it, so it's like okay, well, who would mm. know this? The weird thing that I kept thinking about, which this is a whole side tangent throughout this whole <laughs> book, is that currently the districts make up the entirety of the United States. You know, they're yeah. like spread across the United States. However, District Twelve, which you know would you would think would take up like multiple states worth of area is only one town and not even that big of a town (laughs) i was like is the population of the u.s just like only a couple thousand people altogether or are there just like loads and loads of miners who are i was just very confused on that that logistical front but i think they sort of talk about that in the hunger games how there's like maybe i'm confusing this with another ya novel but wasn't there like a nuclear war that sort of wiped out a lot of land and well that's what supposedly happened to district 13 was that it got bombed or whatever that is true these are all just one cities aren't they (laughs) and not even like big cities and and this is where all of like the coal or whatever is coming (laughs) from for the entire area that is funny i was like is the hunger games just 13 (laughs) cities around the united states you know i mean like just just only 13 cities she drew a map in the hunger Games, right but it's not like 13 states it's literally like 13 (laughs) small towns that are connected by trains huge but they cover the whole continent. That's funny. Yes. 
I love that. You know what? That's a spinoff book she can explain. She should do one about these people who are like, why are these idiots not leaving this town? It's like there's a whole country out here. <laughs> you just move to the... I mean, yeah, that's funny. The, yeah. This there's is... not a lot of people in the, in these in any of the districts, no, I don't think. No, like hardly <laughs> any. Hardly any. There's like a street. There's one place where they go to trade <laughs> things, where everybody goes. You yeah. know, it's like... Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, in um, in the Catching Fire movie, or no, in the Mockingjay movie, Gail says 9,000. He says 1,000 people got out of District 12 before it's ex- attacked, and 9,000 people died. So it is a very small town. <laughs> yeah, so uh, wow, that's an Suzanne. issue. Questions. <laughs> This makes no sense. Strip her of her ability to write books yeah. in the future, please. Um, Plot hole. Oh my gosh. We have talked about this I book, know. I think, more than we've talked about anything else we've ever covered. I mean, granted, yeah. this was 600 pages. It was less. I mean, we we did not talk at all about Sejanus, which is like a whole... <laughs> separate plot point just speaks to how boring this is like it's just like there's so many forgettable elements of this but i will say i honestly trucked through it like i did i mean i found it (laughs) like it took me days i didn't find it as dull as i as it yeah well yeah it was definitely less interesting than the original it was more fun than like 80 percent of the things we've covered this year so (laughs) well low bar yeah low bar (laughs) So, I mean, there's that. If you need some entertainment, I guess this is a now or a later. But it could also be a never, depending on your feelings on the matter. I mean, I feel like if you're a Hunger Games fan, like, what else do you have to be doing? But <laughs> but, but if you're not a Hunger Games person, then I don't think that this is like a go out of your way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if you were a fan in high school, I would say, like, read it. But... So you don't think this will bring in new readers? That was another question I saw it was... Is this written for like our age, like people who grew up on Hunger Games and are now reading it? Or is it written for a young adult audience? I mean, I think you could read this as a teenager and be fine. Yeah. I don't know, like a 12 year old or whatever. Um, but I think like high schoolers could read this fine. But do you think that it'll attract new readers, I guess? I think if there's a movie, it could. Um, like, I don't know how many people... I mean, I think a lot of people who liked Hunger Games didn't even know that this came out. Like, yeah. potential readers still don't know. But I think if there's a new movie of this, it will probably enliven the sales on all of the books. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah. But I think that overall, like, in comparison to the other prequels, sequels, or whatever that are similar to this in other series that I thought that this was at least like interesting and doing something, which yeah. is more than you can say for things. Well, here's the Do you only have other lightning question round questions. Um, oh, okay. Would you rather be in these early hunger games or the later hunger games, like the actual games themselves? Where do you think you stand a better chance? I mean, Probably the later Hunger Games, honestly. Really? Interesting. I mean... In these ones, people were dying from, like, (laughs) heat exhaustion, you know? Yes. I mean, (laughs) I I feel like this Hunger Games was sort of a fluky situation. (laughs) Like, because they were talking about the other ones and how they were done a lot quicker and how you were basically just... 
because they're because they're basically in a sporting arena and in previous iterations of the of it it was just like okay you were on the football field and they just ran around killing each other but in this one (laughs) this is another question i had did they ever answer who bombed the arena no there's like a bombing it was just like i was waiting for that there's another so maybe that'll get answered in the sequel (laughs) but there's this bombing and so for this hunger games they can go hide anywhere so people are sort of like hiding in the tunnels and locker rooms or whatever that would have been under this stadium (laughs) so yes so so there was a lot of people dying like there's there's snakes and people dying of dehydration so yeah. yeah so i think that in this Hunger Games, like, sure, you just have to sort of outlast people. But in general, I think if it was me on a football field with, you know, 23 other people and a bunch of swords, I would do poorly. Yeah. Where in the uh, in the original Hunger Games books or the later actual Hunger Games, I think there's so many weird, like, mechanisms going on of like, yeah. oh, there's, you know, all kinds of things that sort of it a lot of it relates to your ability to just kind of like outsmart people and survive Mm -hmm. these strange things that they're throwing (laughs) at you. And then you only have to end up killing like one or two people in the end. And I feel like I could do that more than I could actually beat someone in like a hand to hand combat. Well, plus you get treated better beforehand. So you get like one good last week of your life. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Got all those IG followers before I, you know, get bopped off. Uh, but no that was my only my only curiosity my last question of the possibly end of the hunger games universe according well that so i mean that was my question because i i honestly thought that there was no way that they would make a sequel to this now i feel like i could see a second book that focuses on lucy i feel like i could see that i mean i could see a second book that focuses on uh snow being found out by his wealthy benefactors and having to kill like this patriarch to silence him or how his relationship with his cousin deteriorates or i mean that's the thing is there's room for her to just go exploring his mental space but it would be so much darker yeah yeah no that's true and i think that this one some like still factors into the ya thing because they're in high school so there's like a high school element where i feel like a like an adult version is less interesting yeah but my question was going to be that if she's you know in 10 years if she has another political idea that she's going to try to force into one of these hunger games books like do you think that she'll just pick a random one or do you think that she'll try to find some other character from the original series and use their hunger games to sort of work things out? You know, it'd be tough to do someone like Phoenix hunger games. Cause you just like know how it ends, which obviously you always know your star isn't going to be the one who dies halfway through the hunger games. But I do appreciate that like element of this prequel and that it was yes. interesting to see how the Hunger Games started. So it'd be it'd be kind of weird to then just suddenly fast forward 40 years and have a random one that doesn't matter and it doesn't, you know, pave the way to revolution. So it's sort of like you're just watching yeah. children kill children. Right. Um, so I don't know what she could do, really. Yeah, because I honestly thought that Lucy Gray was going to die the entire Hunger Games. I was like, "There's like she's going to lose. There's no way she's winning this. <laughs> but she's the snake whisperer. 
She just yeah. knew to sing to the snakes. Well, but it, <laughs> I don't even think it was her. I think it was mostly just that he put her I know, I know. glove or whatever in the tank. That, which that's a whole other side plot <laughs> that we didn't even talk about. That poor girl who got attacked by snakes for no reason, really. Yeah, but. and then she suddenly isn't mad. It, it, that, uh, yeah, she that. had like some kind of mental thing going on after that. <laughs> honestly, um, Democletus or whatever her name was, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I we feel won't like get into the yeah, yeah. I, I, I like for as much as people were saying, "Oh, we don't need a snow book." I liked that this focused on someone who wasn't in the Hunger Games, but still focused on the Hunger Games. Where I do feel like if she had picked any of those tributes from the from Catching Fire, that it would have been like, "Okay, well, we know who's gonna win." Yeah. So I, yeah, I even wonder. Yeah, if there's, I feel like if she's gonna write another book that's not a sequel directly to this. It would need to be in those intervening Hunger Games and have something to do, like, have some kind of maybe, uh, like, a Rogue One kind of nest to it where it's, like, a contained story but, like, somehow contributes to the... Right. I, I, but I don't know how that would happen. But, yeah. She'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, wow. That was that was a long discussion about yeah. that book. Woo! <laughs> We'll see if anyone read it and cared to listen. But I feel like most about. people who listen to this will probably have not read it and just be like, I saw the movies. Let's hear about this new <laughs> book, which I don't know if this will be a yeah. fruitful conversation for them or not. But what are we doing next week? I don't know. It's always just something. Yeah. Some th- we'll have another episode next week. Um, this has been a long episode. <laughs> Follow us on social media. Leave us a review. We'll see you guys then. Bye. <laughs>